Ready, five, four, three, two. Welcome to another episode of the Paranormal Experience Podcast with your hosts, Pablo Morado and Ernesto Morado here in the bunker. In the bunker. Nice to see you guys. How's everything? Hope all is well with all that's going on out there in this world. So, Pablo, what you got for us today? What's 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 uh, cooking? Oh, we have a lot of things cooking today. There's a lot of news to get through. Um, first thing, let's see. Let's go over to our bulletin board over here. All right. So, now, have you heard that one of the biggest, one of the increasing exports that is going on in the United States happens to be human blood. We're exporting American blood. We're exporting human blood, yes. From Americans. Well, according to this, here, uh, let's see here. And where are we shipping it to? So according to this article here, now I I got introduced to this through um, Russell Brand, who's uh, an actor and suddenly became a, a, a reporter. And he's actually doing a pretty good job. He does uh, reporting on things that um, he hears of or through Substack and through all these things he subscribes to and he kind of broadcasts it out. And apparently, one of the things is harvesting the blood of America's poor, the latest stage of capitalism. Uh, this is on uh, Mint Press News. Um, and uh, hmm. it says, blood has become big business in the United States, and there is no shortage of corporations ready to exploit America's most vulnerable populations in order to get a piece of the pie. Um, it says, for much of the world, donating blood is purely an act of solidarity, a civic duty that the healthy perform to aid others in need. The idea of being paid for such an action would be considered bizarre. But in the United States, it is big business, indeed. In today's wretched economy, where 130 million Americans admit to an inability to pay for basic needs like food, housing, or health care, Buying and selling blood is one of the few industries America has left. The number of collection centers in the United States have be has more than doubled since 2005, and blood now makes up of well over 2% of the total U.S. exports by value. To put that in what? perspective, yeah. So to put that in perspective, Americans' blood is now worth more than all exported corn or soil products that cover vast areas of Ameri of the country's heartland. So basically our blood, we export more blood than we do corn and soy products that we grow in the middle of America. Alright, so let's, let's unpack this a little bit because now I'm intrigued. It says, the U.S. supplies fully 70% of the world's plasma, mainly because 
Other countries have banned the practice on ethical and medical grounds. Exports increased by over 13% to $28.6 billion between 2016 and 2017, and the plasma market is expected to project uh, is projected to grow radiantly, according to one industry report. Uh, the majority goes to the wealthy European countries. Germany, for example, buys 15% of all U.S. blood exports. China and Japan are also key customers. It is primarily the plasma of golden liquid that transports proteins and red and white blood cells around the body that makes it so soft. Hmm. How crazy is that? Okay, but let's let, let's unpack this from the from the first uh, passage. So, poor Americans are going to blood centers. To sell their sell their blood. And my question is, how much would you get for a pint of blood? Well, it says here. Uh, here, I believe about a per pint. money they receive is literally the lifeblood of the $2 a day poor. Huh. Uh, doo -doo -doo. It says here uh, somewhere here it does say, aha, it says uh, they're predatory. The price set for your plasma is based on a win. For example, one place I donated the first five times, you get $75. Then you get 20, 20, 30, 50, 25. It's random. It doesn't matter. But they know you are desperate. And if you don't do your $30 donation, you won't get your 50 next time. Huh. So it says here. Okay, hold on. Uh, it looks like we're missing something here. Okay. It says the centers are never in a good part of town. Always somewhere where they can, uh, always somewhere where they can never, uh, never supply of poor people, desperate for a hundred bucks a week. Uh, That's sad. Noted Andrew Watkins, who sold his blood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, for around eighteen months. The people who show up are mixed, are of disabled, working poor, homeless, single parents, and college students. With the exception of college students who are looking for booze money, this is probably the easiest, most reliable income they have. Your job may fire you at any time on this on this level of society, but you always have blood. And selling your blood doesn't count as a job or income when it comes to determining disability uh, benefits, food stamps, or unemployment. So basically, you can still claim unemployment and claim everything but while still uh, selling your blood <laughs> so $75 a pint $75 a pint yep and do you know how many I don't know how much they get but it's for a session 
So you go however they take out of you, whatever the standard amount is. I guess it's a pint. Oh, it's whatever, whatever is safe to take right. out of you. They'll give you the seventy-five dollars. But it seems like it's random. Like some places give you seventy-five. Some people give you twenty bucks. Some people give you thirty. Some people give you fifty. And they don't throw in a, uh, at least a TV dinner or something, to replenish. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't look like it. But how crazy is that? You know. No, that's that's nuts. That's nuts. Blood. I mean, my God, selling your blood. What else? I mean, jeez. But my question would. My question would be is, we are exporting our blood, but are other countries not doing this? Are we the only ones doing it? That's what the article claims. That we're the only ones doing it, and uh, the other countries like Germany, the other wealthy countries, are actually the biggest uh, buyers of our blood. Sorry. That's crazy. Yeah. That's I mean, nuts. How crazy is that? I mean, it, we export more blood than we do corn. Okay, so I wonder if they got anything in place to where if I go to this blood center and sell my blood, can <laughs> I go somewhere else? And sell my blood again. I mean, I'm sure you can. I'm sure homeless people have done everything under the book. I mean, when you got, when you got a that's, your house. I mean, that's foul. Anything. Yeah, I mean, how crazy is that? It's just insane how how you just allow that to happen. You're selling your your blood. I mean, I I never heard of that. How did you stumble upon that? So the way I stumbled upon it is because I listened to a lot of different people, and uh, Russell Brand was the was the guy that brought it up. Um, he ended up uh, finding the the article, and he's talked about it a little bit on um, on his YouTube channel. And I was like, "What?" So I looked it up, and lo and behold, that's what happened. It looks like uh, the United States is exporting uh, blood. Wow. That's now, not cool. Now, with that being said, um, another thing I heard that's going on is in California, they're coming up with this crazy new uh, law, which is, uh, have you heard of it? Another one? They're coming up with yeah. crazy shit almost uh, every day. Yeah, so now they have this new abortion law that they're working on, and um, apparently uh, they are trying to pass a law for infanticide, which basically means killing babies, um, and what they're trying to do is um, you're allowed to abort a baby seven days after it's born. So if you're a mother or whatever, and and after seven days or or within the first week the baby dies for whatever reason, 
you're not held responsible or liable or whatever. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. A woman gives birth to a healthy baby. Mm -hmm. You have how many days? Seven days. So let me let me look this up here. Okay, so. Uh, All right, you gotta you gotta read up more on this because this this doesn't sound. Oh uh, yeah, I have a a clip that that will go with that. But let me see if I can find. Uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. Uh, California uh, amid. This is Al Jazeera. Okay. Amid, okay. Uh, Garrett. Uh, okay. So it says here, amid U.S. abortion crackdown, California seeks to be a sanctuary. It says, uh, advocates in California are seeking to transform the U.S. state into an abortion haven as millions of people across the United States may soon need to travel thousands of kilometers in search of care. Uh, the conservative leaning U.S. Supreme Court expected to deliver a decision in June um, a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade the precedent-setting ruling that has uh, guaranteed the right to abortion in the United States for nearly 50 years. Um, if it is overturned, two dozen states are expected to quickly ban abortion. Uh, which will prompt a surge of people to cross state lines for, to do the procedure. Uh, let's see here. What keeps me up at night really is that folks aren't going to be able to get here, says Lisa. So, you know, they're really, if you, if you put on your tinfoil hat uh, and you really look at it in the Alex Jones perspective, they're really pushing on killing babies. For some reason, they want to make California the the haven of killing babies. And, okay, uh, but I'm seeing this on Verify This, right? And it says, no, a California bill doesn't allow people to kill their babies up to seven days after birth. A California bill doesn't legalize infanticide or some social media users have claimed. Here's what the bill actually says. A proposed bill in California is drawing criticism from some people online amid claims that it legalizes infanticide. This comes as opponents of similar bill in Maryland have falsely claimed that the legalization would allow killing of newborns. Headlines from several online magazines claim that California Assembly Bill 2223 would allow people to kill their babies up to seven days after birth. And social media users have repeated the claim. Verify viewer Sierra also texted the team to ask whether that was true. As she asks, does California bill allow people to kill their babies up to seven days after birth? And he states over here, the sources, California Assembly Bill 2023, 
California Assembler Buffy Wicks, co-sponsor of the bill, Farah Diaz Tallo, senior attorney or legal director of When How Lawyering for Respect of Justice, it says it's false. No, California bill will not allow people to kill the babies up to seven days after birth. What we found. California Assembly Bill 2223 will do away with requirements for a coroner for a coroner to investigate death relating to following suspected self-induced or criminal abortions in the state of California. These requirements are from an earlier time when abortion was an offense was an offense it was an offense in the California Penal Code. Provisions which were repeated more than two decades ago. Farah Diaz Tello, senior attorney and legal director for If and When and How Lawyering for Reproductive Justice said the bill would also prohibit using coroner statements on a fetal death certificate for prosecution in civil or criminal case. Well, I'm not agreeing on that. Well, I have here a little bit more. Uh, I found this uh, article here. This is uh, Reuters now. Um, so let's, this is like another breakdown. Uh, let me see, let me share this with you guys. One second here. Here we go. So, it says here, a newspaper article suggesting a proposed California reproductive health bill would legalize the maternal killing of newborn babies, a claim that quickly spread on social media where users claimed the bill would legalize infanticide, misinterpreted the bill. That's what, that's what the angle that they're coming at, that, that uh, the social media people that analyze this bill has been misinterpreted interpreting it now um, and they're saying that the bill is now being uh, referred to as the infanticide bill that will legalize the murder of children up to nine months gestation and in the weeks after birth so if you go further down here they quote the bill so the part of the bill that is generating the most concern is section 7a which reads Notwithstanding any other law, a person shall be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty. Oh, no, I'm sorry, let me re restate that. Notwithstanding any other law, a person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty or otherwise deprived of their rights based on their actions or omissions with the respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome including miscarriage stillbirth abortion or prenatal death so that little piece what they're saying here is that, is that you can't be prosecuted right you can't be prosecuted if uh there if your child was uh, a stillbirth or there was a miscarriage 
which is understandable, but they throw in abortion and uh, per per perinatal. It's not prenatal. prenatal. It doesn't say prenatal. It says per per perinatal. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's post post. Let me quickly uh, look that up. Perinatal. Okay, but you know, but what they're saying is also that if your baby goes, if your baby is born and it dies within the seven-year period, the seven-day period, you liable. You're not liable for um uh, that's. That I don't agree with. It's occurring in uh, concerned with or being period around the time of birth. So like it says here, anything that happens to do with around the time of birth. Alright, around this time of birth. Uh, then or they're not liable for any of the any of the happening. So if the baby dies during birth or or if you decide to have an abortion and you don't want to keep the baby you're not liable for that either because as they, they kind of call that abortion as well so well then there I have a problem because you know then up until you know when you are in labor and you're giving birth to your child you are now saying that they can make that decision even all the way up to the end. And what do they do? Like the birth. You know that Alex Jones has mentioned this before. Oh, many, many times. Many times. And uh, he's been uh, uh, on this rampage because... A lot of these things have been coming to the light, and nobody's really uh, been paying attention to it. And he's been going pretty crazy, as you. I'm a news. I'm a. I'm a news hound. I, I'm always watching CNN. I'm watching Fox. I'm always listening to the radio, and I haven't heard not one peep of this stuff. That's the thing. So it's like, you know, what's going on, there's a lot of things that we can't really verify, but a lot of it, because Alex Jones, if one thing he, he, he prides himself on is having facts and having the sources. So like a lot of the times where, because what he does is, don't believe me, look it up. Simply Absolutely. Look it up. Like, and that's what I end up doing here. I end up like going down rabbit holes, I, I started looking things up, and lo and behold, you know, a lot of these things that he's saying is quite true. Um, so it's very, it's very interesting. But I have this other clip that goes along with this. Uh, one second here, I'm just trying to load it up here. Uh, let's see here. One second here. I'm just trying to load up this clip because you're gonna you're gonna hear the mentality of these people 
in California, and it is insane. You know the way these people think. It is it is absolutely insane that there's people that have this opinion in 2022. Um, so let me see if I can quickly find this here for you. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I got it. All right. So I'm going to share my screen real quick for you guys. And I go through the extra effort combing through Alex Jones because there's a lot of stuff that he goes through. There's a lot of rants that he's going through. So I hope you guys enjoy it because I try to pick out the cream of the crop here. So let's see. I'm going to share this with you guys. Okay, this is for every single American. They're trying to stop anybody who is pro freedom, pro humanity from getting into office. Next Tuesday, in seven days, this is Savannah Hernandez here in Venice Beach. Now, California is trying to pass a bill to legalize infanticide seven days post birth. Let's go see what Californians think of the bill. So I prefer that most women make the decisions at eight weeks. But I'm, but I'm also in support of 10 months out of the womb. So you, so you think... 10 months out of the womb. Remember to... Uh, I'm sorry that you guys... Hold on a second, Jarrell. Um, we, we remember to do the mute on your on your microphone because uh, we were uh, getting a reverb. You're getting reverb, okay. Okay, so if may, uh, make your statement. No, but what I was gonna say was, uh, hear what this guy has to say, and then uh, I'll, I'll make the comment after that. So hold on. Okay. Yeah. This is Savannah Hernandez here in Venice Beach. Now, California is trying to pass a bill to legalize infanticide seven days post birth. Let's go see what Californians think of the bill. So, I prefer that most women make their decision at eight weeks, but it's, but I'm also in support of ten months out of the womb. So, you think babies should be aborted ten months after they're born? If if the mother wants to, yes. I think. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, God, 10 months out of the... Well, you also got to look at the guy who's making the statement. He has a can in his hand. And you know, he's probably drinking the blood. Um, I, I don't think this guy is, you know, incredible... These are people that she had found in California. So, I mean, these are people... If it's if it's in somebody, it's around. So, but you'll see what what she's gonna uncover in the, in a moment here. Okay. Some kids. So if like you want to get a late to abortion, like that's up to you. You know, I've had an abortion too, and it's it was it was my choice, and I'm happy I had that choice. If you're talking about like post birth, birth, that's 
considered an abortion? Like, you abortion in the dictionary? Would it be considered murder at that point? I mean, if somebody, if somebody, if somebody were to, you know, abandon the dumpster, they would be, and they would be, like, they were found, like, charged, like, there are actual cases of that happening, that's child neglect, child neglect, and anyone that's putting child in harm's way, like, I think, I think, there should be, definitely, like, definitely, like, put in place to make sure that to make sure that children are anything that is anything that is pre-birth the reverb jerome termination of considered abortion i 100 percent support it i've had an abortion myself i'm not a bad person because uh i made the choice that was right for me and now i have a life that i enjoy and i wouldn't take it back would you guys get an abortion again yes 100 times i'd do it multiple times until I feel like <laughs> I'm the choice I'll continue to make. So basically, like, if they have their baby, they can neglect them for seven days, and if the baby dies, then they can't be held criminally liable. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think, like, I, I agree. I think whatever, like, helps women and helps them achieve their, like, dreams and however that needs to, like, happen is definitely acts to help that. It's helping all of Sam says with Savannah Hernandez find a band up video on Truth Social. You're muted, Jarrell. You're muted. So uh that's that's what she encountered and um you know uh that was just uh, according to her a very small sliver of what she encountered. But, but can you can, did you did you hear the mentality? I'll get an abortion a hundred times. Right. I'm all for right. it. Yeah, I'll get it again and again. Like Again and again and again. And also, are you okay that a baby can die within a seven-day period and the mother does not get prosecuted or investigated? Whatever helps, the, whatever helps our women. Right. What the fuck is this bitch talking about? Yeah, I mean it's it's insane what's going on. It's it's flat out insane. Um, That's nuts. Now, like, right. So that's that's how we're starting our our cast today with some crazy nonsense, killing babies. I mean, my God. <laughs> I mean, this is the world that we've come. We've went so far from like the the ancient ways of being so brutal and everything to now slowly wanting to go back to that <laughs> we call ourselves civilized like look um I, I put it to you this way you know me personally mm. I'm not an abortion fan you know because life is life but there are certain circumstances where an abortion might be needed. For example, maybe the baby is sick within the womb. Maybe they detect that the baby might have Down syndrome or a genetic def defect. You know, then I think it's up to the to the parents to make that decision at that juncture. There's also unwanted pregnancy due to, you know, 
rape and that type of atrocity, you know course, that. I mean, there's always, I mean, there's always exceptions so, to every rule. But at the same time, uh, I, I I don't agree that you know you have an abortion <clears throat> and then a couple of months later you you get pregnant again. You know, I think that there should be something in place, you know, which can, you know, somehow check, like, dude, you were, you had an abortion two months ago, you know, how many of these are you going to have before you realize that there's contraception? That there's ways to prevent this so that, A, we don't have to be, you know, doing these procedures multiple times because you're stupid. You know, because I, I, you know, I, I don't use that word lightly. But if you're getting pregnant multiple times... And you, your solution is to get an abortion, then you're fucking dumb. You know, you know you're putting you you putting life at risk when there are parents who would love to have a child. You know, so you abusing. You know, and, and, and I hate to say this. But sometimes a lot of these abortions are done upon uh, on taxpayers' dime. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to to come off a certain way, but that comment kind of irked me. I'll do it a hundred times, bitch. Go to the fucking doctor and plug your shit up. If you're gonna be like going doing a hundred, a hundred abortions, I mean, I, mean, I don't mean so to sound crass, but my lord, where what condom? the fuck? Are, my God, wear a condom, get an IUD. Get, there are many fucking things available, you know, you know to to prevent you know, this. We're, we're very open-minded, you know. We're 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 as open-minded as you can get, you know, and. I played this for my wife. She couldn't even hear the clip. She couldn't even. I because she heard. She heard only the beginning of uh, Savannah saying um, that California wants to pass a law um, seven days uh, uh, post birth uh, abortion, right? And she heard that, and she broke into tears. And then she heard the guy say, "Oh, I'm fine with up to ten months." Uh, post-birth uh, af- uh, abortion and she couldn't she was like I just played that clip and she was done for the rest of the day like I I couldn't talk to her about anything news whatsoever she was done because I don't uh, blame her yeah I mean I, I, I don't blame her either I mean uh, she's a mother as well. you know what picture I have in, what picture I'm having in my mind right now This cute little newborn, you know, this gorgeous 
you know, gift is in his little crib thing that they have in the hospital. Right. And he's two days old. He has a little beanie on his head, his little blanket, and he's adorable. And you got seven days to decide. So what are they going to do? Go with a cattle prod and poop? I don't know. You know, I'm giving the, the state of California the benefit of the doubt. And thinking that maybe we have misinterpreted this bill. Because if it comes out that we're not misinterpreting this bill and what's going what's burning through social media and and news outlets about that this being what is going to be seven days you can kill that baby I will most definitely boycott anything coming out of California I will never go to California and I'm, 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 there was, you know, I was disappointed when I no longer, you know, I had to leave California and I, I lived for the audience. I lived in California for a little bit for about, uh, almost a year, for about eight months to a year. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed California. I love the weather and all that, but you know, ever since I left, California has not been the same at all. And uh, from what I uh, last time I, I visited uh, San Francisco, that was during COVID, and San Francisco didn't look like the wonders that people, you know, built it up to be. It looked very sad. I mean, it was during COVID. So I thought, you know, maybe it was COVID time. But from what I'm hearing now from different people, it's just overrun by by homeless and and drugs and 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 fentanyl people, people overdosing on fentanyl. You know, I found this out recently. Guess how much it takes for you to overdose on fentanyl? I have no idea. Because I really don't even know how fentanyl is administered by these drug addicts. What, do you sniff it? Or is it a pill that you, you just... I think you inject it, or you can like always oh, inject it. Yeah, I think you inject it, or or because what they do is they um lace fentanyl with like drugs like um you know cocaine and heroin and stuff like that. So it might be several ways that you can um, ingest the, the the drug, but um. But initially, this comes in a capsule form. Uh, it comes, uh, let me see. I don't know how exactly it comes. Let me see. But uh, the way I, there's a picture. Let me see if I can find it here. But ultimately, you're going to be shot. How much does it take to overdose? Now, fentanyl is a... Uh... A drug administered to deal with pain. Yeah, so it it's like a pain uh, killer. So uh, let me let me show you. you like know, an oxy. Yeah. 
So let me share my screen here. You're gonna be shocked to see how little it takes. So check this out. This right here is a mm -hmm. comparison of a heroin overdose, which is not much, and a fentanyl overdose. What? Yeah. Oh my god. And then they have it here next to a penny. This is how much <laughs> next to a penny. That's how much a lethal dose a lethal dose a lethal dose of fentanyl. Is a couple Say that three times. <laughs> a lethal dose of fentanyl a lethal dose of fentanyl a lethal dose of fentanyl ah, I was able to pull it off <laughs> I kept saying lethal <laughs> yo that's ridiculous that's like so how the fuck these people I mean you can how can you gauge? I mean, God, I mean, if you get it in a baggie, you know, how can you parse out a couple grains of sand? I mean, if you put too much in your finger, well, you <laughs> you, you you can put a little bit like uh like in a smear of peanut butter, you know, like how do you measure just, that? You like, just a couple fucking grains and a smear of peanut butter. Oh Yo, that's crazy. And that's that's crazy. With with you know overdoses of fentanyl, and I mean, if you hear all this fentanyl deaths, and you wonder why, and boom, you find out. I mean, come on, that's so small. How can anyone figure out how to do that? I mean, with I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised as. There's not a fucking uh, pandemic proportions of people that are dying from this. Yo, that's crazy. Yo, that's crazy. Something crazy is going on. Like, uh, there's something that a lot of people aren't mentioning, but there's a lot of. I mean, we can say firsthand, there's been a lot of death happening. A lot of death. And we've been, I mean, it's hit the family, our family, um, personally, it's hit us. There's been death in our own family. But if you think about it, worldwide, you have people dying of COVID. You have people dying of fentanyl. You have people committing suicide because they're losing their, you know, their, their money or, you know, their jobs or their businesses. And, you know, they got, low, uh, you know, people are committing suicide. Um, you have people um, dying uh, allegedly from the vaccine, uh, you and you got people that. lighting themselves on fire. Because I heard this monk oh. lit himself on fire in protest to like uh, how we destroying the planet. Mm -hmm. This fucking guy lit himself up. I think it was in Washington by the Capitol building. So, I don't know, it's like, it's hard to process what's going on.
as of late, you know, because death has become, right now, death has become, as far as my life goes, mm-hmm. a, a predominant feature of my every day. It's like, I cringe when I hear the phone ring. You know, I lost over 20 people to COVID. You know, we lost we lost our matriarch on your mother's side. Right. Which, you know, was devastating. And, you know, and then you got... Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just... It, to me, it's it's so it's it's, and then you got people just taking fentanyl for recreational purposes. And you know, time, you know, these people don't even know that they're taking fentanyl. That's the that's one of the biggest problems. Is that I mean, there's also a humongous crisis at the border that they they're basically allowing people to just come in. And it's really, it's really crazy what's going on. And they're letting all these drugs come into the to the country. They're letting so many things go in. And and then on drugs, I'm, you know, contain fentanyl. These drugs contain fentanyl, and you know, people aren't. That's why people are overdosing. It's not like people are intending to take fentanyl. Is that fentanyl is being laced with the crap that they're taking? And and if you are not a oh character. they're lacing they're lacing the other drugs with the fentanyl right. for for added effect yeah because the the whole idea is that fentanyl is so strong right for that you see it's only a couple grains of sand you know to that get that as an overdose so for the drug cartels. It's a lot. It's worth a lot more because you can smuggle. You get more bang for your buck. You wouldn't have to smuggle huge, massive amounts. You can smuggle small portions, and that can easily go through the border. You and you can, you know, sell it for the same price as something that was, you know, pure, or even, you know, and it would be hitting harder. So well, well, think about this. By, by the picture that you showed me <clears throat> with the penny, mm-hmm. the headphones that you're wearing right now, right? Right. You can hollow those headphones out, fill them, fill them up with, you know, with half a bottle of what you show me in the pictures of fentanyl. Right. And that's a pretty big piece of change you got in your earphone. Because if that little dust, that little dust can kill you, then, my God, this is like uh, a drug designed for smuggling. Put a, you know, put, you, you can fucking put, you know, women can put it on their nails. And acrylic it somehow, and in one hand you could be carrying thousands of dollars. That's the value, you know. So that's why um, 
drug dealers, they release all their crap uh, fentanyl because if instead of you having to export a pound of marijuana, for example, all you have to do is export a couple of grams with fentanyl and you say, look, this is really good stuff. Charge the same amount as more, so if you're buying you know, a, a, a gram of stuff, right, and it costs 40 bucks, uh, a half a gram laced with fentanyl will cost the same price, and it will get you, at, people will buy it because they're going to get, you know, really high off it, and you know, thinking that they're getting a bargain, but in reality, you're you're being drugged with things that you don't know what, what's in your your drugs, you know, you're being drugged with fentanyl, which is not good. Okay, so check this out. Mm -hmm. Look what we have to deal with in the last, let's say the last year. Right. I know we've been dealing with COVID now going on two years, two solid years. But as of the year, you know, we got COVID overdose on the on these drugs overdoses on these drugs. Mm -hmm. You have a batshit crazy president that everybody knows. Even a child knows that this fucking guy is out of his mind and that he's not setting policy himself or he's not you know doing anything but being a fucking puppet because this guy on that front some some news came up on that too uh i don't know if you heard but uh obama came out of the woodwork and uh he spilled the tea i uh he made some comments that um really shows who's the puppet master behind Mr. Biden over here and it seems to be Mr. Obama. Mr. Obama So he's the so he's the marionetteer. He's the puppeteer. Uh -huh. He's a puppeteer. Well, everybody can know that that this guy he's not bringing anything to the table but you know his tapioca pudding. <laughs> 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 and scandals and, and 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 all kinds of stuff. I mean, I mean, with your son, and I mean, I think we should we should have a, a, a set a hard set rule that if you had an aneurysm or if you had brain surgery of any kind, you're not that automatically disqualifies you as being a, that for being a president. I mean, if you have to be an American citizen to run. You have to not have brain surgery to run too. I mean, come no, on. and also if you're gonna run for president, they should do a cognitive a cognitive test and see if you know your own name. Because he even, he, <laughs> he even forgets his own name. You know how many times he's already said, uh the the president of the United States, um, Kamala Harris, and it's like, no, sir, I'm the vice president. 
It's ridiculous. This guy <laughs> is fucking frustrating. Because it really, it really is. It's it really frustrating is. because I know Trump was a loose cannon. I know that he wasn't a polished politician. And he comes out crass and and borderline obnoxious. But at least this guy you know, he's cognizant. Yeah, I mean, he he is a better... Out of the choices we had, I mean, he he's, he's better than Biden. He's better than brain dead. But, you know... This I, guy... Can you imagine Biden waking up in the morning? And, and if there's anybody watching this live right now, please join the chat room. And prove me wrong. Because I want to know. Is there anybody. In this country. That believes. That Biden gets up in the morning. And has. A bright idea. For Americans. No. Do you think that's actually happening? I don't believe that for a second. I believe. He, he, is he wakes up, first of all. He, makes, he wakes he, he mentions it, that he has no control. I mean, he says that. He's, yeah, many times, I, you know, he, they tell him what to say and what not to say. But I know that this guy wakes up in the morning. I know this guy wakes up in the morning and says, Where the fuck am I? Oh, that's right. You know. And then he feels a pain in his stomach. He's like. I, does that mean that I'm hungry? Yes. I'm hungry. You think that this guy's. Worrying about. What's going on in Europe. With, with, with Putin. And, and Zelensky. That's the furthest thing from this guy's mind. And prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. That's what I'm saying. Prove me there, wrong. Definitely willing to uh, comment on this video on YouTube or find us at the Paranormal Experience Podcast.com and leave us a comment, leave us a message, let us know because we want to hear from you. You know, we want to hear, we don't want to be the uh, in the vacuum. We want to hear, you know, what you guys think but you know this is how we are perceiving things and I mean Joe Biden and, is 79 I mean he, we gotta give him a little credit for being 79 he looks he looks to be okay but you know that's about my it mom, my mom my mom is 82 my mom is 82 sharp as a tack and will run rings around this dude Put my mother in, and within a month's time. Brain surgery, you know. That that's another. Well, that's what. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, if Trump would have had brain surgery, and Trump would like forget shit, you know, the left the the left wing media will have a, a fucking ball. You know, and that's oh, why I'm not a I'm not a Trumper. 
I'm not a Trumper by any stretch of the imagination. Because you know what? I'm tired of these old motherfuckers in, in, in the Capitol building and in Congress and all these old ass politicians. I'm all for, yo, bring the 40 year olds, the young guys, you know, bring them out. I know we must have a stock of very bright individuals which you know, can I step in. I was thinking, you know, the way we set up our elections, it should be done completely different. We should overhaul it completely. And the way it should be done is the same level of excellence we put towards the sports. I mean, for God's sakes, we go through all these uh, gauntlets and, and training sessions and all these things and years of training to be a, a baseball uh, player or, or a football player or a basketball player. Let's use some of our ingenuity to create some sort of sport that encompasses what it means to be a president so that people can go and compete against each other and we can actually see, oh, we like this guy, the way these guys compete against each other. We got to have some kind of reference of people showing, like, that's the only way we're going to find out because this this policy of just two people in, in the running is it's just, it should be like the Olympics, you know? You have all these candidates. If you know, in reference to that, that's that's why we have primaries and we have debates. But you know what, our country. But that's the problem that our country is 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 devolved to a point that you know these debates and and these primaries and all that stuff doesn't really matter you know no, because like it's all a, 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 a campaign of smoke and mirrors I'm saying I want to see like a like a sport where the proof is in the pudding like like you put you put a, a candidate in a situation you know you make uh, they they go above and beyond to do like the pandemic you know, uh, uh, scenario. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying like, like give them a task, you know, give them a situation like the way they do with a pilot, you know, give them a situation and, and now they have to solve it. Right. It'll be like, yeah. Like today you got to learn how to, how to, uh, navigate a a war, uh, uh, in, uh, across the uh, the in Europe, whatever. There's a, a war in Europe. How are you gonna deal with it? Go. And then you have all these candidates coming up with uh, solutions, and you gotta see like, okay, this solution looks like a good one. This solution looks like a. And then you start to see like these people competing to say like, no, I actually know what I'm talking about, because these people they can say what you know Trump can can say a million and one things, but I want to see him. Okay, put those words to the test. I don't want to, I don't want to put my my vote to him with I when I've never seen him do the job, right? How am I? How am yeah, I, yeah. How am I, I can vibe with that. 
Right? Like, how can you select an MVP in sports without having seen any of the games? Or having seen... No, I, ag I agree. Or, or a, a draft a person in the NFL when you've never seen them play a game. Or they've never played a game. Right? Because that's what these presidential people, they never played before. They've never played being a president ever in life. And then we're going to put them in starting and <laughs> hope for the best. I mean, we need people that. Well, and we need to like, make it like a sport where where people are tuning in, they're looking at the stats, they're, they're obsessing over, you know, the stats of this guy and the stats of that guy. And. You know, if it's your state that he becomes the the uh, the president, then all right, go go your state. You know, that would be something that people can get behind. You know, it would be like a, a competition. If it was a legit competition, I think people would be more like it, be, it makes more sense to me. Like you can't just be a president; you gotta compete. You gotta you know show your you, you're up to snuff. You know, or well, in no fair, in no fairness, like, like for Biden, you know that he's been in politics for a long time. You know, you got people like, um, the Bushes. You know that they they went they went from the you know from being governor. You know, and doing certain things within the government. You know, Trump was the anomaly where he came out of, you know, being a fucking reality star. And all of a sudden he becomes president. But I agree. I agree. Like before, before you choose, you know, your thoroughbred for each particular party. Make them go through the hoops. Give them, give them tasks. Like I would even make an, a fucking uh, uh, a program where you know we got a situation. You know this is mad fucking Russian that wants to take over Europe, and now it's up to the candidates to devise a plan on how to deal with this. You know, make them go through it. And get and you know what? Give them three lives like Pac Man. You know, <laughs> right? You know, like right. Okay, you got one more. You got two more guys left. You know, and and the guy who gets the best solutions, you know, and has a better train of thought and shows leadership, then that should be your candidate. But that's not the way it works. You know, I, when you look at, at the presidential um, election of 2020, of, of actually 2019, because mm -hmm. um, COVID, COVID was 2020, right? And that's when Biden had just gone in. So it was 2019, the elections. You know, Bernie was leading, Bernie Sanders was leading, 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 leading. And then from one minute to the next, uh, the media decided that the thoroughbred was going to be Biden. 
and everybody else just fizzled away. How they came up with this conclusion that this mummy was going to be a good president, I don't know. But you got a point. You know, in Biden, in Biden's defense, actually, in not his defense, but he Biden wouldn't even make the cut from the very beginning. This right. guy's not solving anything. And I mean, I one of these days I gotta go through some like some like old uh, media archives because um, apparently a lot of people are coming out and saying. That even Obama himself has always been bashing Biden, like, although Biden, you know, like, Biden was forgetful, or, or oh, don't leave it to Biden, <laughs> never get on. If Obama is saying that when he was president, he was like, oh my God, like, Biden was a thorn in his in his side uh, while he was president, right? So now that Biden's president, you know, we should have been a little bit more aware of what kind of person this guy was I mean he was in the spotlight for a little bit being the vice president and Obama had nothing good to say about him then <laughs> and then all of a sudden but I mean, one of the things that people tend to forget and the thing that is so puzzling to me with this whole election bit and the stop the steal and everything when uh President Trump got elected. Everybody in the media was like, "Oh my God, this was our fault. We should have never gave him a platform." Trump got elected, blah blah blah. So when it came time to 2020, they were like, "We're doing everything in our freaking power to not get this guy into office." Right? They they completely blocked the story of the Hunter Biden laptop. Took it off, uh, took the president off Twitter, took the uh, the microphone basically off the president's uh, uh, out of the president's hand. Gave, like made the president, you know, which was Trump at the time, look like a complete buffoon and try to take away his his power to, uh, you know, speak to the people. I mean, that's what the president's there for. I mean, he's our representative. How are you going to take away his microphone? We elected him, you know, but yet they've taken him down and they're saying all this stuff. But then they say, no, the election wasn't rigged. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> like they went through all this effort. They were, not they were not, you know, shy about it. They were very adamant. We do not want Trump in office. That was the mission statement. They did everything in their power to make this guy come out. And it was obvious. And then comes the election, right? And, you know, I heard this guy on the radio that said that Joe Biden had more power than Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, he said that Jesus Christ, you know, was able to turn uh, water into wine, right? But Joe Biden was able to turn 100 votes 
to a hundred thousand. A hundred thousand, a hundred votes that people that were dead that voted all of a sudden became a hundred thousand. My God. And so there was obviously there was obviously fraud in this election. So I mean we're veering off the subject because the whole thing that we were discussing is all the shit that we're dealing with. COVID. You know, a batshit uh, crazy president. Um, these uh, illegals coming across the border illegally and a lot of criminals to boot are making it across. You know, I, mean, I could imagine how many MS-13 are coming through that border. You know, and then you got the cartels doing this fentanyl shit. And then the cherry on top, you got this, you know, conflict in Ukraine. And this fucking guy Putin is virtually telling us, I'm gonna hit the switch. If you continue to, to support Zelensky... I'm going to hit the switch. So now we got to worry about nuclear holocaust. We also got to worry about fucking gas prices up the wazoo. You can't go to the supermarket anymore because now uh, uh, you buy a bag of chips, you know, <laughs> you get three corn chips. And the rest is there. So, so people are, are asking. They're, they're legitimately asking for Elon Musk to buy Frito-Lay and take out the air out the bags and actually put fucking corn chips in that motherfucker. Oh, my God. So, I mean, it's a lot to digest. Unreal. So I have a question for you, because you were, um, you, before, you were like, you mentioned something about a guy uh, burning himself. Yeah, I heard that some monk, you know, because the planet, people are not listening, you know, about that the planet, that we're destroying our planet. And to get people to listen, he lit himself on fire. Oh, my God. So check this out. The, I got a, a clip here. And this just uh, encompasses, like, this guy, his, uh, his name is Sad Guru. He's a, he's a guru that's been going around. He's been saying a lot of, like, uh, inspirational things. And his stuff has been uh, shared throughout social media. But this latest remember, thing that he said. Remember to mute your mic because of the of the reverb, so that yeah. our audience can listen to it. So um, yeah, it's uh, the latest thing that this guy, that guru, said is kind of puzzling, and uh, you have to hear uh, this guy Alex Jones's response. So let me uh, play this real quick for you.
much for him. No audio. No audio is coming through. There we go. No, it wasn't coming through. Do it again. Okay, okay, hold on. I'm not going to do it. Nothing violent against you, just economic forum. I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are really. That's my to trouble. <laughs> All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I want less on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> then blow your head off, then. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> blow your head off. <laughs> 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 you're, you're the full red. You got to love this. You're the full red. I'm not going to do it. Nothing violent against you. Just shove a shotgun in your mouth and blow your brains out, buddy. Pour gasoline on yourself. Feed yourself in your <laughs> you want to kill people, big man? You like to run your freaking mouth talking about it? I say God's going to step on you like a cockroach when you turn the lights on at midnight. You want death? <laughs> you like death? You're going to get it. You understand that, you little piece of filth? God Oh, this guy never disappoints. He never disappoints. You want death? Don't you get some gasoline and light yourself on fire? <laughs> Take a shotgun and put it in your mouth and pull the trigger. I want to I'm not asking for anyone to kill you, but if you're so desperate to kill somebody, why don't you start with yourself, man? <laughs> oh, man. Alex Jones never disappoints. Oh, man. Yeah, so there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And uh, so one of my favorite reporters, Mr. Greg Reese, has something new that he just came out. And uh, it's something, uh, another, it's like levels to this crap. Like, this is just waves of more unbelievable nonsense. But apparently, Big Pharma is set to control the entire food supply. So, uh, I have a quick uh, here for you. Uh, let me just pull this up here. Oh, great. Now we got to deal with that. Yeah, now Big Pharma is trying to control the uh, the food. Uh, let's see here. During the 1990s, Monsanto Corporation's devastating attack We don't have audio. No audio? No audio. Okay. All right, 
to see if you're able to hear it now. Good? Okay, we got it. Yep. During the 1990s, Monsanto Corporation's devastating attack against farmers, their genetically modified frankenfoods, and their neurotoxic pesticides inspired people to push government into legislating certification standards for foods. But thanks to Big Pharma, Bill Gates, and pop culture media brainwashing, Monsanto still stands strong and is ready to take complete control of your food supply with the help of the same powerful families and foundations who already control the money and the energy. Their plans to do so are comprehensively laid out in a recent report published at Cory Diggs. The indoor vertical farming industry, which is a highly innovative and efficient method, is being funded by Bill Gates and pushed by the World Economic Forum as a replacement to conventional outdoor farming. Aero Farms is the industry leader in vertical farming, and they also co-developed the first CRISPR gene-edited produce product and worked with the NIH to produce proteins for the deadly COVID vaccines. Aero Farms makes it clear that they are not conventional gardeners. They are all about synthetic food products, which is clearly the trend in this growing industry. Monsanto is creating specially tailored genetically cut seeds for these vertical farms. And the University of California is developing a plant-based mRNA vaccine that farms can grow in heads of lettuce which happens to be the main crop of the new farms. These GMO farms already provide food at major outlets, including Kroger, Walmart, and Whole Foods, and are massively expanding. And it's not only fresh produce that's getting genetically modified. The USDA and FDA have already approved genetic modifications on pigs, salmon, and cattle. And they have approved synthetic lab-grown meat Bill Gates's Good Food Institute plans to reimagine meat production with $10 million support from the USDA. But in order to make their big pharma food supply the new American model, they will need a major crisis. The 2020 lockdowns distressed the supply chain, which was further affected by US sanctions against Russia. This has created a food shortage crisis. Add to that, over a dozen food processing plants have mysteriously been destroyed in the past several weeks, as well as major fertilizer plants during a major fertilizer crisis. Make matters worse, Union Pacific Railroad forces a 20% reduction in shipments from the world's largest fertilizer company. And when the people demand a solution, as it turns out, Bill Gates is heavily invested in alternative fertilizers and is also a chief stockholder of the Canadian National Railway, who claims to be helping fertilizer market grow. Perhaps Bill Gates and Monsanto will volunteer to save everyone with their new gene-edited bacteria fertilizer. And maybe it will backfire like it did in Africa, when after 15 years of trying to help, all Gates and Monsanto accomplished was increasing starvation by 31 percent wow that's okay because it's monsanto bear to the rescue their big pharma food factories with brand new mrna vaccine lettuce and as if this wasn't bad enough 
the stated goal of this new Franken food industry is to make all food traceable. And that means coating it all in nanotech. <clears throat> Who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. Who controls money can control the world. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. That's a lot to unpack. <laughs> this guy's good. This Greg. This Greg Reese. Yeah, he's like good. Sports. Yeah. Um, but what, what he said at the end is very interesting. Who controls the food supply controls the people. And guess what the nickname for Ukraine is? No idea. The breadbasket of Europe. True. And who controls the energy? Control the whole contents. Who controls the energy? Russia, the Russian pipeline. Who controls the money can control the world. And that's where Yeah, no. That statement where and Russia is the, the controlling of the money because now apparently Russia is trying to get the ruble to be the standard for uh, purchasing oil instead because right now like uh, it's a petrol dollar right so in order to buy a barrel of oil you have to purchase it through uh, United States currency that's what's been propping right. our currency so far um, because it's not based on anything like gold or anything like that. So that's what keeps our economy more or less in check. But now Russia is trying to persuade to use the ruble to purchase oil as their economy is crashing. So he's using it as a way for them to you know, prop up Russia. And then right now we're in that <clears throat> battle of who controls the food, who controls the the energy and who controls the money and right now it's scary yeah i mean energy and food and energy and money is kind of irrelevant if there's no food so who controls the right. food controls the people and you can very well see through history that you know you stop the you start the 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 food from coming into certain places, eventually you starve out your opponent and you win. Exactly. So it's gonna it's very crucial, you know, at this point of uh our existence to find out other ways to sustain ourselves. You know, either through, you know, have your own little backyard farm, you know. But even then, this these people, Monsanto, you know, has like a fucking monopoly on these seeds. And we're giving them so much power that, you know, even getting a crop going is, is becoming difficult. I don't know where we're, I don't know what our future holds for us to tell you the truth. I can't call it. it it's it's there's a lot of things going on. I mean, it seems like the push is to get us into like a metaverse. I mean, 
they're, you, they want us to be more into the computer. They want us to be more locked away. They want us to be more complacent and, and, and more reliant on, gov on government support. They want us to be, you know, I don't know. They want us to be very, very controlled. And uh, one thing, I have a, a friend, uh, Chris, who uh, I talk to, and he has like a, a different perspective on all this stuff because I, I he, <laughs> he himself realizes that he has a little bit of a, a evil gene, I guess, the <laughs> the lack of a better term. He has no, uh, he lacks a little bit of sentiment towards certain things. You know, he's a little mm -hmm. bit old. Uh, but he's like, for for example, in China with the Uyghur Muslims, right? That supposedly um, China is killing Uyghur Muslims and executing them, and people that practice the Falun Dafa, they execute them too, or whatever. And uh, his response was like, you know, what is China to do? Because in order to, China has like billions of people over there, right? So. In order to keep full control of the, of the uh, population, they need to believe in the in the same thing, right? If everyone's believing in uh, in one thing, then we're easily controlled. I mean, look how we were in, in the fifties. You know, everybody was watching the same programs. You know, I Love Lucy was in the same household at the same time in thousands of uh, uh, homes throughout America, right? Everyone's watching right. the same thing. Everyone was easily controlled. Everyone was easily, you know, um, you know, believing whatever the government said at that time. I mean, that time, Reagan would go on the TV and everyone would believe what Reagan said at the time or, or JFK or whatever. So, I mean, right now we're at a point where they're looking for that again. And I don't know how we don't want that. I mean, uh, it seems like I don't have a clip for it, and I'll, I'll have something ready for next episode. But um, one of the things I, I stumbled across was that they want to, they actually signed a petition. Um, a bunch of countries signed a petition, uh, minus, you know, Russia and China, they're the only ones that didn't sign. But they're signing a petition on controlling the internet, on governing the internet. Right, I've heard of this. You heard of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're saying that they're trying to uphold the original promise of the internet. But I, I am under the impression that the original promise of the internet was like a wild west. You know, it was a lawless place. You know, a place where. You know, you can't get hurt. Nothing can hurt you. You know, let bygones be bygones. Let crazy thoughts go rampant. You know, like it's a place where all anything goes. And apparently that they're trying to get, you know, the reins on that and trying to make it less like everything goes. And uh, have you heard of this crazy thing um, that they're doing now? The um, They're calling it the Ministry of Truth. I've heard no. of that. No. <laughs> Mm. Uh, supposedly, um, let me pull out the. Let me, let me just quickly look up the Ministry of Truth here, because I believe the Ministry of Truth is uh, a 1980, 
four term from that book, 1984. But there's a new, aha, the Disinformation Governance Board. Have you heard of anything about that? Mm-mm. Okay, so something is going on in the United States government where they created a Disinformation Governance Board, which, uh, let me just share my screen with you guys so you can read what I'm pulling this from. So what, like a board of fact checkers? Yeah, so check this out. Uh, this is Wikipedia. It says, the Disinformation Governance Board is United States Department of Homeland Security Board announced on April 27, 2022 during a 2023 budget hearing before the United States House of uh, Appropriations Subcommittee on the Homeland Security. Its aim is protecting national security by combating disinformation. Uh, so, uh, it's by com uh, combating foreign misinformation and disinformation. That's what their aim here is. Misinformation and disinformation. This is a whole board of uh, Homeland Security is focusing on misinformation and disinformation when they themselves are part of the problem. <laughs> I mean, my God. Well, you know, what better way to, you know, to get people on your side? You create a problem and then you solve it. Right. You know, it's the woman that they uh, that they elected to be the head of this is this woman. Is this woman here called Nina Jenkins? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this woman is not. I, I mean, I don't know if she's uh, this day and age. I don't know if it's he or a he or a he or they or them. Uh, but she has um, uh, a hobby or interest in being there, like uh, Broadway. And her attempt to, I don't know, bring these laws from this disinformation and bring them to the hearing, and she's sing-songing all these new regulations that she's going to be, like, as if she was doing... Oh, no. Oh, no. As if she, but wait, it gets, it gets worse. So there's this video of her... Uh, see if I can find it on the fly. But there's this video of her singing the song to Santa. And in this song, she goes, What do I have to do to get my p the power? Who do I have to fuck to, to get what I want? <laughs> you have to, I'm going to see. I, what? Yeah, she is the head of this committee, of this disinformation governance board and she's singing about Santa she's wishing Santa asking Santa in this song who can I fuck to get to the top wow I gotta find this because it sounds it sounds so unreal that when that shit sounds it, bizarre 
Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Santa song. Let's see. Let's see. TikTok song. Let's see. Maybe that's what it is. TikTok song. Found. Let's see if he. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it's this one here. I think this is this one. Ministry of the Fringe. Okay. Oh, perfect. You heard? Were you hearing that? Yeah. So, I'm gonna share my. Play it. This is her. Okay. So that's one of the things that she posted on TikTok. But let me see if they uh, include her bar song because no, this doesn't have her bar song. Because there was a, a song that she, uh, there's one I was mentioning. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Let's see. The communization of America. It's been a slow, creepy communism slithering into our society for years now. First, it was the. Uh, this is about nine minutes, so let's see. It's a little bit long, but then I'm going to see if I can find this clip real quick. But uh, it's insane. Like, you know, this is a person that's going to be telling whether or not uh, information is real or false. Like, is this the person that we're going to put our trust in? And and censoring who who can and cannot be heard i mean i don't know but it just seems very bizarre like why would they just the fact that this even exists a disinformation board a ministry of truth and yet and then they appoint this crazy nut to be to be the head i mean and and once you hear the fact that she's like who do i have to she said it plain as day. Who do I have to fuck to get what I want? And I'm like, this is what's going on in her head. I'm sure. I'm sure. And especially in this climate, the way we are so sensitive, you know, she, it, maybe she meant it in a facetious manner, 
Maybe, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just think that so much shit is going on, you know, and I think it's it's purposely done in that way. Like they put this buffoon to uh, to tell us what's true and what's not true. Right. I think there might have there might have been other better qualified people I mean, available. No, wasn't a vault. There wasn't. Uh, I mean, that just happened. They just formed it overnight. I mean, what kind of? Uh, I thought we were representative. We have a representative government. Why are they doing things without the consent of the people? I mean, this just doesn't make any sense. I mean, isn't that? I mean. Just look at what they did with the president. You know, they they took him off Twitter. They took him off. I, I think he was even out of YouTube, and because he was spreading disinformation, he was spreading false things by way of Twitter or whatever. But yet, it's um. How do I say this? You have you have leaders of the of a terrorist group who is allowed to be on Twitter and on social media. Like right. to me that's kind of twisted. You know, if if there's anybody spreading misinformation, will be these terrorist assholes. But yet they right. let them Go on. I don't understand this. This this is getting to a point that I'm I'm kind of sort of like needing to live my life the way your wife does. I don't want to hear. It, I don't want to hear. It, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You know, because every day is something new. Every day, like it takes it nips at your joy. It does. It's ridiculous. It, it goes into every facet of life. Like, I the other day, I was thinking to myself, like, what is it? Like, I look around my house, and there's not one thing that I can say was meant, was made with, like, a pure intention. Like, the TVs, you know, there's people dying uh, in sand pits to, to mine the, the components needed to make the, the TVs, and people... In China, enslaved labor to, to assemble them, and and you know whether it be from Amazon, which the workers are being exploited to, you know even working at any job really, it's just like I don't know. It's like every facet of life is just crumbling. It feels like it feels like yeah. I mean, feels- you just mentioned you know slave labor in China. Something that we as Americans have frowned upon for years. But yet we allow people to leave this country and and pay these slave wages. Like some things just don't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. You know... Everything, like, the more you hear news, 
Like you hear talk radio, then you go on TV, you hear what you hear on the TV, and it feels like it's two different planets or three different planets. So you don't know what now, what I'm feeling is that I don't even know what's true anymore. You know, who are you going to ask to see if it's true? Google? Right. And Google is controlled, you know, by other people that, you know, control what Google looks up. So I don't know. I don't know. It's don't it's know a strange either. world we're living in. And people are scared. People are scared. You know, I, I, there's a lot of fear going on. You know, because we're at the brink. We're at the brink of World War Three. You are. know, and we really are. I don't know. So okay, I found I found uh, I found where I heard the clip. I haven't found the video, but I heard I found the clip here. So of the woman he, uh, singing the song that I was talking about. So yeah. Said, want to be rich? Karaoke, for all I know, it's not bad. This is what she wants. This is her song. Enough said. <laughs> want to be rich, famous, and powerful. And in that line, in that song, there's this line. <laughs> wow. That's the same. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Who do I fuck to be famous and powerful? Now, can you imagine a Republican woman saying that? Oh, my. They would have jumped all over her. But this is what I'm saying. And she's, and you know, she says this, you know, in this song. God, she might be being facetious. She might be whatever. But she's someone that out of the clear blue sky became uh, now. Look, at we're talking about her. She's becoming famous and powerful, just like she had wanted. So who did she fuck? <laughs> you know, really, like, what's going on? What is really going on? In, in, in our government that you know that we need a ministry of truth I mean God do we really need to to hold people and say are you telling the truth and, and if you're not you're, you're deemed a terrorist I mean it, that's the goal by the way you know the goal is if you are if you say something against the government if you say something that's according to the United States, misinformation if you happen to say right I, I if you happen to say well i got the vaccine i stuck a spoon to my arm and it stayed that's misinformation and you can be deemed a terrorist and there goes your rights and there goes there you know there's people from the from stop the steal the people that protested 
that are rotting in jail cells without their rights, without anything. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know they just been sitting there. Absolutely. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And then the people that died, because there's people that died and in, in, in that stopped the steal. There was people that that were protesting that died. And the reason they got they got killed was because some cop randomly shot shot this woman or some. some oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and nothing. Yeah, like you know, these riot cops, you know, they just do things without impunity, hurt people, and there's no repercussions. And and they're the ones. The protesters are the bad ones. Like. I don't get I don't get it, you know. This is this is some a bizarre world that we're living in. A it's a paranormal world we're living in. This is like paranormal reality. You know, everything that's up is down, everything that down is up, everything that's right is left, everything that's left is right. I mean and again, I wanna stress to the people listening to this, you know, if you're going to listen to the news, the news is not what it used to be. In order for you to get some semblance of the facts, you know, like initially the coined word now is fact checking. Mm -hmm. You have to look minimum at least to four different newscasts mm -hmm. and then you assess your own opinion of what's really going on because you're not going to get it from the uh, from the news you're not going to get it this whole this whole thing about disinformation what irks me and one of the things that I just recently learned cause I, um the guy that wrote the book uh, Before Agreements, he has another book out. Um, Napoleon that, Hill. No, no, it's uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. The Four Agreements was by Napoleon Hill, wasn't it? No, 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 I think you're confusing it. It's by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. Wait a um, minute. The, uh, Napoleon Hill um, did... Um, what do you call it? Um, think and grow rich, and uh, no, he also did. I'll tell you right now. The four, yeah, he. The four agreements. No, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I'm pretty sure it's Don Miguel Ruiz, because he's the guy because he's the guy with the Toltec. You know, he's dealing with the Toltec. Um, Wait a minute, so. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Why did I think it was Napoleon Hill? I'm not sure. Maybe because you know they both have good insights, but it's totally different um, uh, voice, like the mentality. But nonetheless, so I've been listening to this guy. Right, he has a new book out. Well, a, a book I is new to me anyway, and um, I'm listening to it, and he's talking about truth. And he says that a, a lot of the problems that we deal with and uh, 
a lot of things that's going on in this world all stems from one thing and that's lies and we believe when we believe lies and defend lies we end up finding ourselves in hell because we're basing our lives around lies right and right when and the thing is that everybody lies uh, everybody has their own way of ex expressing um, themselves and the way he explains it is that the only thing that could be really categorized as truth is right here right now what's truth is that I'm sitting right in front of the microphone I'm looking at my father Ron a podcast this is truth right now this is the only thing that is verifiably true right now if some listener comes to somebody else and says you know this podcast happened or whatever you know that's him saying it through his lens and the way he explains mm -hmm. it, like, everybody is like the way you got to look at it is every single person on the planet earth is an artist right and everything that they see and they explain and express to you is through their art. You know, that them talking and conversing to you and expressing their ideas or whatever, that's how they express their art. That's art that they're expressing, right? That's their, like, if you go to um, Pablo uh, Picasso and you ask him to, to, to draw a portrait of you, and he draws one, you look at it, and you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't look like me. But to Pablo Picasso, it does. It does, yes. Right. It does look like you. You know, so that's what we got to look at. You know, everybody, whether it be on the internet or in person, they are all saying lies that they don't even... Most people don't recognize that they're saying lies. I mean, you like us ourselves... And that goes for our listeners as well. You know, whatever it is that we say, we're just finding what we, all this information that we're saying here on the podcast, we find on the internet. Whether it be a truth or not, we weren't there. We, we, it's impossible for us to call it true because we weren't there. The only thing that's true is right here, right now. I know that I'm in front of a microphone, I'm in front of a computer, I'm in the office, and I'm talking to you. That's true. That's as far, right. as, I, as far as we can know. Because even if we go backwards and think about what we thought we do, that's all lies too. Because our, our memories are manipulated and remember things. There's so many times, like I lose uh, my wallet, for example, and I swear to God I put it somewhere. I have a memory but that I put it there. But it wasn't there. It was in my pocket. It was some place that, you know, that it, it was not what I thought it would be, you know. And that's how memory pocket is very valuable. So nothing really is true. The only thing that's true is Yeah, I mean, if you look at the situation that just happened, when I thought the four agreements, I would have, I would have went to blows with somebody. You know, thinking that the four agreements was Napoleon Hill.
But I he again sometimes memory is shoddy and right. you, know. you know and I'm confusing the fact that you know the interview with the devil right and then I'm kind of like thinking that another great Napoleon Hill book yes it's it's very fantastic I listened to it I read it and I listened to it on audiobooks but what I did was and look out look how easy Look how easy we can form, you know, uh, a Frankenstein of uh, of disinformation, you know, because I'm thinking that Napoleon's Hill, and it's not Interview with the Devil, it's called, jeez, uh, what's the name of that book? So if people are listening... You know, they can get the the real name at least. Napoleon Hill Books. That's what it was called, Interview with the Devil. Oh, no, Outwitting the Devil is what it's called. Outwitting the Devil. Okay, so here I am thinking that Outwitting the Devil and the Four Agreements are the same book. I mashed these two books into one because they both both their voices as far as their writing style are very familiar and you can actually take those two books mash them together and actually make a big book yes yeah, yeah super yeah. book so look how easily we can misinform people you know, so. And then but what I'm saying. That, I mean. But the reason I'm 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 really like disenchanted with news. That the reason I said that you have to watch four different newscasts to get the at least a semblance of the truth because we're never not gonna get it is the right. fact that there is a lot of bias you know in the media you know when I was a kid you know you had you know these tremendous uh, newscasters like Walter Cronkite and so on and so forth that they tried to stay away from voicing what party or what's their affiliation? But now you know exactly who they're pulling for, and right. you know they skew, you know, information to either protect who they are for, or or they skew it to bury who they're against. Because you listen, you listen to conservative radio. And then you listen to left-wing radio. It feels like these two these two people come from totally different planets. So you're left twisting in the wind. Like, how do I know what 
is facts. And then you fact check them, and then left radio facts checks, and they're right. And, you know, conservative fact checks their shit, and they say they're right. And then you continuously do that, and you don't know what the fuck you're getting anymore. No, you don't. Which is which is a great segue um, into stating that to support our podcast, we're not going to be doing uh, any sponsorships. We're not going to be you know posting any ads. The way we get our money, the way we get uh, support, is directly from the fan itself. Um, so if you want to support us. It's very simple. You just go to theparamidshop.com. That's theparamidshop.com. And that's P-A-R-A-M-I-D. Um, and you can buy whatever it is that you need. We'll try to keep uh, the website stocked through all kinds of different goodies and, and survival things and things that you may need. But um, you can also donate on the, on the website as well. Um, but yeah, we are not supported by any other entity other than you. So that keeps us honest. That keeps us really going, you know, putting content that's meant for you guys as opposed to making content for brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> you know, we don't want right. to have, you know, any influence whatsoever. We want nobody telling us what we can and cannot say. Um, and we, we don't want to skew to one company or another. I mean, if there's companies that you know that we think are good, we're gonna tell. We're gonna be honest, obviously. But other than that, the way we get funded is through you guys, and we'll try to find ways to highlight you guys um, on the show. If you donate, we can we can um, put you on blast on the, on the show. We can shout you out, give you a shout out, and if you follow us on Instagram, follow us on YouTube, we'll follow you back. And the way this community will work is. You know, we follow you, you follow us, and then, then once you have a little bit of money, you want to donate and get your name out there, we'll put you out to the followers. You know, um, every follower is um, is somebody that we cherish and somebody that we, this is why we do it, because everyone that we've met was all telling us, you should start a podcast, you should start a podcast. So here we did it. We started the podcast. Yeah, and, and also I want to remind everybody who's listening to this. Um, we are no experts by no stretch of the imagination. No. We are just unpacking what all of you unpack every day. You know, and try to make sense of things. So we would appreciate... If you guys are listening to us live for your comments, you know, we will even, in, we welcome anybody that wants to get on the show. You know, uh, we, we can chew the fat and, you know, we can learn from you. What's your perspective? Because that's what we're trying to get is we're trying to get away from the perspective that we listen to on the radio and that we see on the telelive vision. You know, we want the raw, you know, perspective from people like you. You know, because 
I'm done listening to, you know, the chatter from one side of the fence and then the chatter from another side of the fence, you know, and I want to see what you guys think, what you guys are, you know, um, unpacking, because we're going to learn, we're going to learn with each other, and the more podcasts we, we make, the more participation that we get from you guys, we can grow together, um, and that's our that's our goal. So please, please listen to us, and you know, donate, buy some coffee, buy something online, and support us because we really we want to grow this community to the point that I want to see the chat box. Just like a ticker, just going up, 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 up. People commenting, commenting. That's what I want to see, you know. Because I, I want you to, I want you to like. If you say, you know, Ernesto, you're full of shit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I want to see that because if I'm full of shit and I don't know what I'm talking about, then tell me what is it that I'm missing. That way I can learn. You know, I and I believe that's the way news news should be. You know, I think there should be more of that. You know, can people can call in and, and refute what these people are saying. I, I, I'll give you a quick example. Mm-hmm. I picked up, you know, I'm an Uber driver. I'm a full-time Uber driver. This is how... I feed my family and pay my bills. Um, I pick up a, a doctor in training, a doctor in training at, at the hospital of where in the in the state that I live in. So okay. I introduce myself. I ask, you know, are you a I was going to say, are you a nurse? Because she looked awfully young. But I was like, in this climate, that shit can get me a hot soup. Like, why? I'm not worthy of being a doctor. You don't know what you get. You know what you get. So I said, I, I, I figured, let me start off with the top. Are you a doctor? You know, and she was like, yes, I am. And I was, and then she goes to me, well... I'm a doctor in training because um, right now doing my residence at that hospital. And I started talking to her about COVID. Wow, this lady is like, she has swallowed, you know, that giant pill that that they give that they give, I guess. We all take that pill by listening by way of the TV and the radio. But she thoroughly believes in all the nonsense that masks work, that the vaccinations work, that the anti-vaxxers are dangerous. I didn't even engage her as, you know, to oppose what she was saying, you know, because I didn't want to get. Do you know why? Go ahead. 
this is this is something that I found out, but there's a reason why, especially especially doctors, um, go along with the narrative, and the reason is that if they don't, like if she's she's learning to be a doctor, right? So if she doesn't accept that, she can lose her license. If you're already a doctor, you can lose your license. And if you're not a doctor, you can never get one. You know, they'll block you from... Because if you don't follow the narrative. If you don't follow the narrative. Your license, it's it's not, it's one thing, the, the way it was explained to me, it would be one thing if there was like a, a penalty. You know, like, oh, you would have to pay some kind of fine or there'll be a hearing or something like, you know, malpractice hearing or whatever. But if you're going to lose your license... A doctor who spent their whole youth become trying to become a doctor is not going to just throw that away to speak the truth, because you know they a lot of doctors they don't really get into it for you know the sake of helping people they get into it for the monetary benefits that they can get you know they want a you know a certain lifestyle. Well, that's a good segue. It's a good segue because she made it evident that she's like, everybody's telling, you know, thinking that we doctors are making money off of this pandemic, but we're not, you know, and we get blamed, we get yelled at, we get this and that. He goes, she goes that she tries to keep a cool head because most of the people that will, you know, who are anti-vaxxers, who believe in all these conspiracy theories with the Wuhan lab and all that, you know, her excuse is lack of education. She goes, I'm in this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I know what's going on. And then I was like, well, you know, I was pushing the buttons gently. Mm -hmm. And I said, because, you know, I told her, I listen to, you know, the regular news, I hear one thing. Then I listen to Joe Rogan. When I said Joe Rogan, she, like, virtually jumped out of her seat and was like, that is the last person you should be listening to. Oh my like, God. she was, she was adamant. Like, God. this guy is a bag of misinformation. Yeah, she like, it felt like I gave her a jolt of electricity when I mentioned Joe Rogan. Yo, she oh was like, whoa. God. Yeah. That is insane. Because you know what? They're demonizing. That's that's the thing that Joe Rogan, like, the people that listen to him, like, they know that these people that are against Joe Rogan is a little bit off the rails. Cause, or they, either that or they've never heard him. Because if you listen to... I mean, I'm an avid fan. I've been listening to Joe Rogan for quite some time now. At least since since 2016, at, at least. Right? And um, this guy, all he does is ask questions. He doesn't really give much of an opinion unless he has an opinion. And the only times he has an opinion 
is when it comes to things that are in his wheelhouse, like right. art, comedy or something. Then he'll be like, and and if, like for example, um, he had uh, this guy Adam ruins everything from uh, Two TV. You remember that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blonde guy. The blonde guy with the weird long hair, you know. Yeah, yeah. Circus, um, from the Big Apple Circus, um, that clown, um, and he had him on the podcast, and. He was talking about some, I think it was uh, sports, like uh, transgender males um, competing in sports or something like that. They got onto this topic. And uh, the guy, Adam Ruins Everything, was trying to, like we said, I'm going based off memory, so you got to fact check me on this. But um, the guy, uh, Adam Ruins Everything, was trying to say that, you know, there's reasons why, you know, a man could, could compete against a woman because he's done this and that or whatever. And Joe Rogan's like, no, what you're saying is complete and total bullshit. Like, I thought, like, he was pushing him on, on topics that he claimed to know, and he didn't really know. He's like, dude, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me show you what it really is. Because when you're a man, you have testosterone in your veins over a certain period of time you can't just go back and say that you're a woman you know thinking that your hormones are going to be exactly the same a woman in, in the same age is going to have a complete total disadvantage because you had testosterone that was building up your muscles where she did not you know, right unless she, unless she was act, uh, synthetically putting it into her body and he pushed, right. he pushed um, uh, Adam Moon's everything to a point where the the conversation kind of, you know, got the got kind of broke apart. You know, it was not, you know, the best uh, the best uh, interview because he kind of just he blew him up. He blew him up. Yeah, like this guy's a fraud, basically, and. You know, if he's a fraud on the one thing that Joe Rogan knows, what else is he a fraud on, you know? So, like, that's where Joe Rogan pushed back. But for the most part, if you listen to him talk to the, to the especially when he has scientific people on, you know, he's just asking questions. And he would, you know, dig in. He had Sanjay, Dr. Sanjay Gupta on from CNN, right? And he was like, okay... You mean to tell me, why is it that CNN is saying that I'm taking horse dewormer? You know, I, I can afford human medication, motherfucker. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> like, why are you why are you going out of the way to say that I'm taking horse dewormer when you know for a fact that that's not what it is? You know. It's just uh, ivermectin is uh, anti-parasitic drug. Why don't you say that instead of? And then you know, uh, doc, uh, Dr. Sanjay was like, "Well, technically, it is horse dewormer. I mean, that's what they use to deal, you know, for the horses or whatever." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, but let's be honest here. I'm taking human medication. You're saying I'm taking horse dewormer. I'm not taking horse tablets. I'm taking human pills." And at the end right. of the day, 
Sanjay Gupta had to say, you know what? It was wrong that of CNN to say that you were taking horse dewormer. He, he broke it. Yeah. And, you know, and he, that's what he does to everybody. He doesn't get no, he doesn't let anyone get away with bullshit. You know, if he, if he has a whiff of bullshit, he asks a bunch of questions. And usually, once you're a couple questions deep, your, your logic kind of breaks apart. You know, you don't really know what the hell you're saying. So, no, and I also think I also think that Joe Rogan, um, as far as being entertaining, he's got the hooks on me. He is entertaining because he asks the the questions that everybody yearns to ask. You know, and he's very patient. You know, I was listening to the Bob Lazar interview, and you know, he, not only does he ask good questions, but he also he looks like he bones up on these topics, so he doesn't come off like an idiot. You know, he knows his shit. For someone that like me that that listens to his podcast all the time, he says it. He says, you know, sometimes depending on the guest, he he listens to whatever book that comes out that they're that they're trying to promote. Tries to find out, you know, he doesn't want to be in a in a, a situation where he's completely stupid about a, a topic, unless he is confident that this person is, you know, uh, an expert. Like uh, like uh, what's this guy um. The the grass Tyson, you know. Yeah, the grass Tyson. Yeah, you know. and even with him, even with him, like he pushes back because he he there was a question he asked he asked him all the time about aliens, right? And there was a lot. There was one time where um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, you know, I, I don't think aliens is a is is something real, you know, and Joe Rogan's like. Out of the out of the infinite universe, out of all this, that are we really arrogant to believe that we're the only life that exists in this entire universe? And this guy, Neil deGrasse Tyson, was like, "No, it doesn't seem possible. It's not likely." You know, blah blah blah. And Joe Rogan's like, mm, "Dude." I don't like these responses. <laughs> no, and not only and in that interview, not only did he say that what you just said, but he said, "Why would aliens, if they do exist, come and to Earth and study us? Because we're boring. We're boring creatures." Right, and then Doro is like. Well, why do we study ants? You know, why do we go out of our way to the middle of the Congo to see these little red fire ants do whatever the hell? That's boring too. Yeah, no, he he said he said we even go, you know, into into the sea, into the ocean to study a fish that's blind and actually doesn't even move from an from a volcanic vent. He just sits there and waits for food to come to him 
and that's all he does. And we find that interesting. <laughs> right. But yeah, humans, you know, built the Patronus Towers. We're building uh, ships that could tra traverse, you know, the oceans. And we saw, we, we can actually repair ourselves. And that's boring. We're sending ships out into the into to space. To we have drones being sent into God knows where in the middle of the cosmos. We have you know signals being spewed out left and right. You we're when it's nighttime on, on our planet, we found ways to to make it light to light the night. <laughs> We've done things that are. Quite fascinating. Come on. Yes, we, we yes we have. So we are far from boring. If we happen to find a planet that has satellites and they're sending rockets, we will go bananas. We will go absolutely ape shit if we found another planet that had a population like ours, and we'll be scared. And and not only not only is was that a uh, like a bad statement on his part, but not only do we create a lot of stuff, not only are we solving problems, but I think the most interesting fact of humans is that we're able to do the strange thing called love. We love one another. And through that love, you know, we create these wonderful pieces of art that have a soul. You know, if you find that boring, my God, then. Or if you, all we need, humanity only needs is one person to do something. And all of a sudden, once we find out it's possible, that's it, we all know how to do it. Once one person climbs Mount Everest, all of a sudden there's a line. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, that, that's the kind of race that we are. For us to say that we're not, you know, we are all over the planet, even in the most inhabitable places like Antarctica, we're there. You know, so... To find that not fascinating is, is just, I don't know. It's, and it's, and that's what Joe Rogan does. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't kowtow right. to people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who thinks he's like the most smartest guy on earth, the way he talks anyway. But, um, right. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that, um... This nurse, that was nurse, so here I am being an asshole. Um, this doctor, um, <laughs> you know, this doctor, you know, for her to get that reaction when I say Joe Rogan, like, you know, and I get that she's young and she believes wholeheartedly because she did make some sense. It's like, you know, a lot of the stuff that, you know, we're getting from, you know, from the left side, from the right side of the media is that, 
we changed our minds a lot. You know, first we needed masks, then we said no, we don't need masks, and then we said we need double masks, and then we said, you know, you can get the disease by touching something. Then we said no, we cannot get it that way. Then we said, and she goes, you know what? That's science. Science is not set in stone. We we have to we make mistakes. She goes, don't be surprised. And here's where she kind of, uh, you know, put out a safety net. Even for her, for her, for her, for her doctor people, like for her, you know, colleagues. She goes, maybe one day in the future. We're going to find out that maybe the vaccines weren't the best things. That there were other things better. You know? Because, again, we're trying to learn on the fly. We never had dealt with this before. You know, that we made mistakes, yes, but, you know, we corrected them. And because of the vaccine, a lot of people are alive today, blah, blah, blah. But um, she just was so so confident on her education like you know she was not even open to that's why I left her alone because mm. I didn't want to get into it with her but but one thing this that, is what go ahead this whole thing that what she's saying is true it's it's science you know science is not you know set in stone it goes back and forth and the fact that you know, you're forcing. This is where I, I think logically, where I, people around me or people that are more left or whatever the hell you want to call it, they think different. Which is, if science is not set in stone, right? Why are you gonna make force people to take something? that it hasn't been settled yet, you know? Um, it takes a good portion of time. You know, a lot of these vaccines that get created, they need they need years for them to do the proper research and, you know, to finally graduate to human trials, to do that research. And for us to say we did it in in less than a year, without having and then forcing it down everyone's throat and then when people say well listen I, I, I want to see the science unfold no you have to take it that that's where people start you know that's where I part away from from the whole narrative you know because now you're saying wait a minute science is you know not set in stone we're still learning this thing but you have to do this if you're not doing this you're killing other people but yet, you just said you don't. You're still learning, you know, like right. Like I agree. I agree. That is, I heard throughout the pandemic is uh, asymptomatic uh, people can still transmit COVID, right? But when you're asymptomatic, it means you're not. You're not. Um, uh, experiencing symptoms, right symptoms, whatever whatever or 
in layman's terms, you're basically not sick. So you're not I'm sick, not and your body is actually has beaten the virus, if anything. Precisely, if anything, right? So your body defeated the virus, you're not sick. This one has a, a not sick person been the person that transmits diseases. I mean, really, when has that ever been the case? And that's where I like when people say these things as if like, oh, the science and this and that. I'm like, Wait, then what What was it that I was learning my whole life? Because it seems like there's, you know, there's been like life up until this part. And then we just kind of went to a, a different dimension and said, you know, common sense went away somehow. Like, right. Like with the, everything, everything with the like, with the mask, for example. Since when has anybody thought it was a, like if I walked around and I saw you didn't wear a belt, right? What what right do I have to go up to you and be like, it's disrespectful for you not to wear a, a belt? Put on a belt and stop being sloppy, right? Like, but people feel that way when it comes to masks, you know. But a mask. Is just an accessory. It's not really doing anything, it, unless no. it's a design math that's you know because apparently these N95s have electrically charged particles that can grab viruses supposedly. But that's, that's all bullshit. That's not what most people are using anyway. They're using these flimsy surgical masks or these cloth masks that really don't do anything, and. If you breathe air of any kind, you're gonna get it, <laughs> you know. And they're they're doing all these kinds of crazy, you know, rules. And their their logic is just I don't know. To me, I mean, they had you double masking for Christ's sake. You, right. One mask was not enough. They made you put on two. For right. the love of Christ, I mean, come on. And now but um. Where like humanity is doesn't know what to do with moving forward. Doesn't know how to move forward. Doesn't know how to live without the mask. Because now people are are so used to it. You know, it's it's. And then another thing that I find puzzling is we're so concerned about uh, the environment, right? The environment, this to a point where we ban plastic straws. Oh my God. You know, but then yeah, you look around and there's masks littered throughout everywhere. There's not a place in this planet now that doesn't have a mask laid out on the floor. It's yeah, like, it's like what? What do you 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 say one thing but you do another? You believe this but you do that. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, again, yep. you 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 go through all this stuff and you and the things that don't make sense, you just follow the money. This pandemic was a money grab. It was just a money grab. But we're getting close to the end of the program. So let's see if we can yep. blow through the Trello. What else what else is uh right. did you have lined up? Anything lighthearted in there? 
Uh, let me see here. Lighthearted. Let me see what I... Well, I do have a couple of uh, UFO things going on. Uh, All right. Let's see. Uh, so, there was this uh, TikTok... That exposed the moon base. Let me see. I don't know if we shared this before. Let me see. Let's see if we can see this. Oh yeah, that's my video. Aha. On my TikTok. Yeah, this is fascinating. Huh. So somebody is zooming in using that uh, new moon zoom and there's something. Yeah. Wow. Little things popping up on the moon. That's insane. Yeah, so. I mean, that's crazy. And one of the things, I one of the people that I go to now for UFOs, and he's been the beacon, which is um, the guy that did uh, Jer Jeremy, what's his name? Jeremy Corbell. Uh, okay. You know who that guy is? I've heard of him, yeah, especially when I listen to, uh, to Coast to Coast at nighttime. He comes on as a guest from time to time. Yeah, so this guy, Jeremy Cor Corbell, has been my UFO guy. Um, and he's been saying that there's a lot of things that are coming onto the horizon that should be that should be coming in down the pipeline. He's working really hard. I'm going to see if I can find some of the things that he has here. Um He's been working really hard to get some videos up uh, mainstream. Uh, so apparently, the Tic Tac vid, uh, uh, vehicles have been popping up all over the place. Um, mm. And it's uh, it's kind of concerning. And this whole, I know uh, we started a podcast with Putin saying he got his hand finger on the button. But I have a sneaky suspicion that even if he wanted to, even if he wanted to launch some rocket right now, the UFOs won't let him. Because mm. uh, these Tic Tac UFOs um, have been known to target nuclear um, uh, bases. And they've been known to shut down bases as well. And uh, one of the things that um, that they that they are thinking is they're trying to, they're seeing where we're on this trajectory, and it looks like they're trying to stop humanity from imploding from itself. You know, um, there's here's the latest thing I have from him. Let me see here. All right, let me put this up here. Mm 
now, officials have been forced to release an explosive report about UFOs under freedom of information laws. Now, the new documents lift the lid on a secretive intelligence program which was run by the United States Defence Force and employed more than 50 agents. 50. The UFO hunters researched health impacts on humans who reported paranormal experiences. And the findings are downright spooky. Investigative filmmaker Jeremy Corbell joins us live from LA to make sense of it all. Jeremy, great to see you again. Now, this new report says UFO sighting left witnesses with burns, nausea and nerve damage. What do you make of the claim? Now, this is uh, April 11th. So this is uh, the newest thing that we that we have from him. Oh, interesting. Well, so first of all, everybody's got this wrong. The New York Times even reported it improperly. The, the secret UFO study was called AWSAP, Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Applications Program. It received the $22 million, not a tip. Now they generate 200, over 200 reports, but 38 of these reports were technical documents. And one of those documents really stands out. And that document talks about the biological effects of human beings who come into close proximity the ufo and there's a lot of negative health effects that have now been revealed by this secret government ufo program the biggest program of all time this includes radiation burns it includes on a cellular level people being harmed as well as cognitive uh you know, people, but very haunting okay so we have to assume then that ufos are real if we're then looking at physical Now, what he just said there was quite fascinating. Did, did you catch what he just said there? I'm getting static over the line. Um, what did he say? So why, he said, why am I getting so much static? Do you hear that? I believe the static is coming from your end. Oh, it stopped. Yeah. I believe the static comes from is coming from your end. I'm not sure why. Um, okay, so what, what was it that he, what he stated? I got some of it, but not all of it. So what he's, he's saying, first of all, it's very important that our audience, being that we are the Panel Experience podcast, for, for you guys to realize this, that UFOs are unequivocally real. You know, every government entity has now made it... Um, known that they're real that they exist that they exist and that they're as real as the nose on your face so i'm going to go back because there was some static and i want to make sure that people hear this uh, let, let me be devil's advocate here it, they could be um something who's operating them ufos are as real as the nose on your face but Okay. Uh, let, uh, let go me, a little bit back. Let me go back. Physical effects from the, you know, from being exposed. 
Yeah, look, if people don't know that UFOs are real yet, then they haven't been paying attention. Our government, including your government, <coughs> has our machines in our skies that outpace, outmaneuver, and outperform anything of our advanced weaponry. It is something that... There's machines in our skies that outpace, outmaneuver, and outperform Absolutely. The Defense Intelligence Agency, our government, your government, they're all studying because it's perplexing. Who made these machines? What are they doing? What is the intent? Who's operating them? UFOs are as real as the nose on your face. Yeah. But, okay, uh, let, let me be devil's advocate here. It, it could be um, something from another country, though. Uh, it could be a, a different type of airplane or a missile or whatever. That would be incredible. But the problem with that, the UFOs have been engaging humanity since the beginning of recorded human history. This isn't a new phenomenon. Our government is studying them, and they've actually looked into that. They've said it's not ours, it's not Russian, it's not Chinese, it's not Australian, it's no technological nation that we know. These machines are so far advanced to anything that we can even conceive of that unfortunately, your theory is off the table at this point. Okay, so how concerned, that it's, we, we, we say UFOs are real and that it's real, you can have physical effects, physical harm from it. So how concerned should we be going about our daily life? I don't think it's a matter of concern. It's a rare occurrence. And typically, this does not look like an overt hostility. This seems to be an interaction with whatever the propulsion system is, the method that these things move and fly. That is what it's believed, that these things demonstrate a gravitational mm. propulsion system. So there's some interaction with human biology that seems to occur when you come into close proximity it's nothing to fear, but it's definitely something that needs to be studied from a global and national mm. security point of view. So is there is there a common time that this contact occurs, like after the pub closes or something like that? <laughs> Always on Wednesdays. No, no, no. There's not a, there's not a common time. This right. was studied military encounters. Asshole. The follow-up program called ATIP did is they were studying military encounters we all know about the tic tac right. ufo case it's the most famous ufo case of all time this is something that occurs regularly with an increased frequency but not just on wednesdays or after people leave the pubs oh. okay all right, all right. <laughs> nice try though hey jeremy great to talk to you it's always so interesting great to talk to you thank you for covering this yeah oh. thank you so i mean one thing he revealed right there is you know the polls are very very real um, oh yeah that's that's already mainstream I mean, you know mainstream, people people uh they aren't very aware of how how real these things are you know they're they're kind of thinking oh it's something else or whatever but i i, I heard a story now let me quickly look this up because what I'm hearing now is that the United States government fully came out completely and said, not only are UFOs real, but yes, we have found UFO crash. Yes, we've been uh, backwards engineering them. Yes, a lot of the technology comes from the aliens. And yes, we, we, there is some kind of diplomatic approach between the aliens and the Americans and they're trying to help us 
reverse engineer their technology. Hmm. They're helping. I I would have to see that report. Oh, I have to see somebody actually saying that because that's a bold statement from the from our government after so many years. And it might just be that the Trump Act, you know, are forcing them to actually admit it. Because remember, Trump signed that little, that that bill with that little uh, nugget inside that all those files got to be opened up, non-classified. I just pulled something really quickly, but this is called the futurism.com. Let's see what these people say here. It says, Congress is set to pass a new defense bill introduced on Tuesday that would allow funding to reverse engineer UFO technology. That's right. Just like Independence Day movies, the bill would form a rapid response form that would conduct field investigations and analyze data from any sightings of unidentified aerial phenomena. The U.S. government's preferred term for the UFOs, which is now UAP, reports military.com. The group appears to fall under the purview of the UFO task force that the Pentagon announced two weeks ago. And when was this uh, published? It doesn't say. It doesn't say when this was published. Let's, let's see here, because I believe let's see, The New Yorker, how the Pentagon started taking UFOs seriously. Uh, the idea that aliens have put in our planet, circulating. Now, was this an article? No, it was because remember, I listened to a lot of different podcasts, a lot of different uh, news sources, and it was something that was said in one of these um, one of these uh, podcasts I was listening to. Um, but let me see. Admits. Pentagon just admitted to testing UFO wreckage. What did they discover? Pentagon's USA Defense Department's headquarters have admitted to testing wreckage they gathered from UFO crashes. Researcher and author Anthony Braglia has said. Uh, Braglia. That's all I need to say. Uh, had written, <laughs> say that three times. <laughs> U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA, as part of the Freedom Information Act FOIA request over three years ago. Braglia said that the DIA let out 154-page test results regarding mysterious memory metal called nitinol, which can remember its original shape when folded. Huh. Bregley revealed that mm. in his blog, the UFO... So they got a name to the material now. 
Yeah, it's called Nitinol. Uh, it says here, revealed in, in his blog, UFO Explanations, that a stunning admission by the U.S. government that it possesses UFO debris was recently made in the response to the Freedom of Information Act request over three years ago by this author. His blog also mentioned some of the, that some of these futuristic materials have potential to make things invisible. Oh, wow. Braglia said, although much of the reports detailed are redacted, what can be gleaned is that the technologies represent a literal quantum leap beyond the properties of all existing material known to man. He also added that in the pages he received, there have been repeated mentions of advanced technology reports surrounding nitinol described as a sh- as a shape recovery alloy. Nitinol has similar properties to the memory metal found near Roswell, New Mexico, mm-hmm. the crash site of 1947. And the interesting thing is UFOs did not appear until after we blew up the first atomic bomb in Japan. And in Japan, and then after that, that's when a Roswell happened. Because if I'm not mistaken, let's see, when was the first? Uh, launched. Let's see. I like this browser, but sometimes Google, sometimes Google just finds it quicker. Although it's a, it's a, a monitoring system. It says here, 1944. Yeah, that's when we bombed when we bombed Japan. So and and then after that. 1947 is when we found the uh, UFO crash site of Roswell, New Mexico. No, I think 1944, it says U.S. tests. Oh, no, no. Okay, see. Yeah, because... 1947, U.S. tests his first ICBM. So it looks like they, they first uh, uh, created the, the missile in 1944... And blew it up in 1957. Four months well, after the ICBM, U.S. launches its own Atlas ICBM. ICBM is one thing, but what we did in in Japan, it was just like uh, what is what like for lack of a better word, was a heavy bomb. You know, they just dropped it from a, a B-52 or something, and okay, the yeah, impact a, detonated. The first test of the nuclear weapon occurred in the United States on July 16, 1945. So that's right. That's two years before Roswell, New Mexico. And that's when the aliens started to come and say, oh, wait a minute. These apes are now doing something m- much more crazier than they have been doing in the past. 
Uh, it says the Pentagon run running UFOs is not a new thing. It it has earlier acknowledged funding a secret multi-million dollar program to investigate such extraterrestrial sightings. Even though the department said that the program had ended in 2012, a New York Times report said it still continued with officials bringing in an uh, incident to probe. Uh, it was called the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program and officially ran between 2007 to 2012 and had $22 million a year for funds. Among, among such sightings were one, of the, uh, were one released in August of a white-colored oval object about the size of a jetliner being pursued by, which is the Tic Tac, uh, off the coast of 2004. So basically, this they're saying that the Pentagon had has this uh, nitinol, and since it seems like since 1947, which is exactly what the conspiracy theorist has been saying from from the very beginning that we've been reverse engineering. Uh, the Absolutely. So Absolutely. You have a name for it. And then if you piece that with um, this guy, which I don't know. This is, I don't know what people think about this, but the former Israeli space security chief say that now it's not UFOs exist. It's extraterrestrials exist. And Trump knows about it. Um, this was back in 2020, where he came out, which is kind of odd, right? Out of all the things that happened in 2020, this kind of like nobody better than I at this, and they kind of scoffed at this. But uh, this guy, a former Israeli uh, uh, space security chief, uh, sent eyebrow shooting heavenward by saying that Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a galactic federation. The unidentified flying objects have not have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Uh, which is uh, said by this guy Haim Eshed, uh, the former head of Israeli Israel's Defense Ministry uh, Space uh, Dictorate. Um, it says here that the interview in the Hebrew ran on Friday and gained traction. Um, a respected professor professor and a retired general, Ishad said that the aliens were equally curious about humanity and were seeking to understand the fabric of the universe. Wow. Uh, Ishad said the corporation, uh, cooperation agreements have been signed between species, including an underground base in the depths of Mars, where they are American astronauts and alien representatives, which there is a guy that claims he was on Mars, which I'll try to find this guy for you. Um, but there has been a guy. <laughs> that claims yeah, he, he has. A, that's a hell of a story that he has. Yeah, so he claims that he's been chosen. He's like one of these Halo people, one of these Spartan program people that was, uh, he wasn't born. He was, uh, he, he goes, 
Uh, everyone knows her mother and father. His mother and father is the United States government because he was grown in a lab. Interesting. So that's, that's his claim to fame. I'll, I'll find the guy for you, but uh, it's pretty fascinating. But let's continue here. It says, there's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. Uh, it says... Um, that at a present, uh, Ishad, the, the Israeli speech, uh, space chief, said that President Donald Trump was aware of the extraterrestrial's existence and had been on the verge of revealing uh, this information but was asked not to in order to prevent mass hysteria. Um, they have been waiting until today for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we will understand in general what space and spaceships are. Ah, so they didn't mm. want to come before we un before we understood what spaceships were, because then we'll be too frightened. Um, let's see here. It says the White House and Israeli officials did not immediate uh, immediately respond to NBC's news request for a comment. Um, a spokesperson for NASA said that the agency's key goals was the search for life in the universe. But they had yet to find signs of extraterrestrial life. So they claim. Although we have yet to find signs of extraterrestrial life, NASA is exploring the solar system and beyond to help us answer the fundamental questions, including whether we are alone in the universe. So that's a little... Uh, beautiful tidbit. Here. Little beautiful tidbit, you know. I mean... Take it for a grain of salt, but you know, if this guy is saying let's if somebody let's say this is true, somebody comes out and says this, <clears throat> how do we believe him? You know, like, outside of him showing an alien, how do we get to a point where we can start believing people that are saying these things? Like, what what would need to happen? Mm. I don't. Uh, know. That's an interesting question. Which I have no idea what the answer might be. All I know that in my heart of hearts, they're here, they've been here, and we know about it. We're reverse engineering, and the future of a world that will actually see their first alien. Disclosed by the government is very near. Very, very near. Um, and I'll end us off with uh, one final clip that I have here. And um, it's uh, new science that um, from, uh, scientists have discovered, which is uh, the first ever white hole. So we have a, a white hole. hole. Yeah. So now it seems like now we have a white hole. So I have a clip here. Now. Hmm. And what are the properties of a white hole? I'm not too not too sure. I have the clip here. Um, waiting for the static in the back to, to just dissipate. Here we go. All right. 
it's reality. After many years of speculation and research, scientists finally found the first ever white hole. What is a white hole? Why are astronomers excited about it? How does the discovery affect you as a person? Stay tuned as we bring you the first ever white hole discovered by scientists. You have probably heard of black holes, terrifying massive objects lurking in deep space and swallowing anything that comes near. However, there is the opposite of the black hole, and it is called a white hole. A white hole is no less terrifying, but to understand it better, it's essential to know how black holes come about. This is where we start from. Take note of the descriptions, because many of them apply to white holes too, but in reverse. Black holes can come in a range of sizes, but there are three main types of black holes. The black hole's mass and size determine what kind it is. The smallest ones are known as primordial black holes. Scientists believe this type of black hole is as small as a single atom, but with the mass of a large mountain. The most common type of medium-sized black hole is called stellar. The mass of a stellar black hole can be up to 20 times greater than the sun's mass, but are relatively small. They can easily fit inside a ball with a diameter of about 10 miles. The dense mass concentration is responsible for the powerful gravitational pull they exert on other objects. Scientists estimate there are dozens of stellar mass black holes within the Milky Way galaxy. The largest black holes are called supermassive. These weigh more than one million suns combined. However, they would fit inside a ball with a diameter about the size of the solar system. Scientific evidence suggests that every large galaxy contains a supermassive black hole at its center. The supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy is called Sagittarius A. It has a mass equal to about 4 million suns and would fit inside wow. a hole with a diameter of the size suns. of the sun. Where do black holes come from? Primordial black holes are thought to have formed in the early universe soon after the Big Bang. Stellar black holes form when the center of a very massive star collapses in upon itself. This collapse also causes a supernova or an exploding star that blasts part of the star into space. Scientists think supermassive black holes formed simultaneously as the galaxy they are in. The size of the supermassive black hole is related to the size and mass of the galaxy wow, it's in. Beautiful. A black hole cannot be seen because the strong gravity won't allow even light to escape it. However, scientists can see the effects of its strong gravity on the stars and gases around it. If a star wow. is orbiting a certain point in space, scientists can study the star's motion to determine if it is orbiting a black hole. When a black hole and a star are orbiting close together, high-energy light is produced. Scientific instruments can see this high-energy light. Sometimes a black hole's gravity is so strong that it can pull off the star's outer gases and grow a disk around itself called the accretion disk. As gas from the accretion disk spirals into the black hole, the gas heats to very high temperatures and releases X-ray light in all directions. NASA telescopes hmm. measure the X-ray light. Astronomers use this information to learn more about the properties of a black hole. And here's a quick one. Will our sun ever become a black hole? Not really due to a limitation. The sun is saved by not having enough mass to collapse into a black hole. But that doesn't mean it will escape a dip. When the sun is at the end of its life in billions of years, it will become a red giant star. Then, when it has used the last of its fuel, it will throw off its outer layers and turn into a glowing ring of gas called a planetary nebula. Finally, all that will be left of the sun is a cooling white dwarf star. But all this is still far in the future that it makes no sense to worry about it now. This brings <laughs> us to a white hole. A white hole is the exact opposite of a black hole. 
In fact, it is a black hole viewed backward in time. As stated what? before, once material reaches the event horizon in a black hole, the material is doomed and cannot escape its strong gravitational pull. In the same way, a white hole is a region in which space-time flows inexorably outwards. It is said to have an event horizon radius which prohibits the entry of any matter, including light. The white hole is believed to expel light, radiating at levels equal to the force of a black hole. If foolhardy crew were attempting to enter a white hole, the sheer force of the gamma rays would destroy them and their ship. But let's even pretend the ship was strong enough to withstand that amount of energy. Even at that, space-time around the white hole is structured so that the amount of acceleration required to get inside gets higher and higher the closer you get. In short, getting inside a white hole requires more energy than there exists in the entire universe, so you might wow. As you may suspect, the theory of white holes was first found due to the mathematical fascination with black holes. In 1905, Albert Einstein realized that although accelerating observers experience time differently, that does not apply to non-accelerating observers, those moving at a constant speed or stationary, and that the speed of light was independent of all motion. Einstein later published his theory of general relativity, which concluded that objects with mass have gravity, which is a distortion of time and space, rather than an actual physical force. Carl Schwarzschild would then use Einstein's field equations, solving them to find the equation of mass in empty space-time, or an area completely void of all matter. This resulted in the Schwarzschild metric, which we will spare you as the equation itself is incredibly complex, but in simple terms, it is a mathematical representation of a black hole. Schwarzschild had created an equation of a completely static black hole with no charge or change. This is an external black hole, that is, a black hole that does not change in size and has always existed. Remember that at or beyond the event horizon, all events happen infinitely far in the future. So to an outside observer, these events never happen. The Schwarzschild mm. metric shows that at the idealized black hole, space becomes time and time becomes space, swapping their roles so that the singularity of the black hole is in some inevitable future time instead of a place. When reversing time in a real black hole, we see a dying star. However, when reversing an eternal black hole, we end up with a white hole. However, not all scientists agree that white holes exist, which makes the recent discovery about them even more significant. But why do some scientists doubt that white holes exist? Well, they claim that just because a white hole obeys general relativity and is mathematically sound doesn't mean it's practical. This is why some scientists call white holes an impossible possibility, meaning that while they can't be completely ruled out, they also don't expect to see one with telescopes. Base their thinking on the fact that this phenomenon violates the second law of thermodynamics, which says entropy of <laughs> the universe to always stay the same or increase. Entropy is usually described as chaos, but can be better understood as an increase in how many states are possible for particles in a certain system. For example, think of a house demolished into rubble. It is an example of an increase in entropy because that rubble can make many other structures like sheds, bookshelves, mounds, and paper. However, a house is only one particular state of those particles. Now, small local decreases in entropy can occur as long as the universe's overall entropy is increasing. Ooh, this Black is complicated. Are excellent at this because of the yeah. 
entropy, such as planets, and disperse them across large spaces over time, increasing the chaos of space. But Whitehall but I think we got the gist of it, and the gist of it is black holes suck. Um, <laughs> anything. And white holes repel. Right. So they're the reverse. Which is kind of interesting. And what's so that? yeah, the right, the white holes suck. <laughs> no. I mean, the black holes suck, and the white holes Whoa. throw out. <laughs> the sucking and blowing. <laughs> Guys, this was a pleasure. Um, hopefully, again, please tune in to us every Monday. We're going to get on every Monday at 6. And we're going to try to provide some interesting content. Slot. We're going to try to find a good time slot. And we're going to go live. And, uh, you know, everyone uh, that we hear says, you know, to do this podcasting thing right, we got to show up at the right same time at the same day. So look for us Mondays at 6. And we'll be live. All right, guys. With that said, if the universe is infinite, then so are the possibilities. Absolutely. Stay up. Um, educate yourselves. Don't believe everything you hear. And come join us and share your knowledge. Yes. Have a good one. Peace.